This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And for this episode, I've been (laughs) debating on how I start this off and do I jump right into uh, the scripture? Do I tell this kind of story? I'm not 100% sure, okay, that this story is going to tie in as well as I think it's going to, but I'm going to try anyway. Um, Annalise and I, you've heard maybe uh, some episodes where we talk, we're both on and talking about uh, what it's looked like for us to um, figure out how to take two people who had lived about 30 years of our lives um, kind of on our own or, you know, whether if, whether we were in a significant relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, not married until our close to 30. And we kind of both developed our own way of doing things. And, you know, I'm guessing that's something that most people can relate to. Maybe if you got married, you know, early 20s, maybe you don't have that same experience, but I have a certain way of keeping the house clean and a certain way of shopping for groceries and a certain way of, you know, taking care of the yard. And Annalise has a certain way of doing all that stuff too. And I was thinking of (laughs) one of the things that we have, you know, tried to figure out how to blend together on is a budget. We've tried to figure out, okay, how do we uh, plan this out? How do we come up with a strategy to pay off student loans and be ready for car repairs? And you, I don't need to explain that stuff. You know why it's important to, uh, to have some money for emergency expenses or for non-emergency things that just need to be covered, need to be paid for. And so we, I mean, right now we're kind of in a little more lax approach to this thing, but at various points as we're more kind of ebbs and flows, right? Our commitment to our uh, budget (laughs) a little bit, you know, comes and goes. But some of the times when we're really locked into the budget idea, I'll take a look at what Annalise brings home from the grocery store And I'm like, wait, what, why did you get some of this stuff? You know, because she'll kind of go off script a little bit and grab some things that definitely we're both going to end up enjoying, but that were, you know, kind of outside the realm of what was on the grocery shopping list. And so whether it's a snack or just kind of a more decadent, more expensive way to, you know, kind of, uh, the only word I can think of is garnish. And that is not the word that I want to use at all. We do not use garnishes when we make food (laughs) at our house. Um, but a way to kind of like punch up a meal or, you know, something like that. That's the idea I'm trying to communicate. So she'll grab stuff that we're both going to enjoy. And if I'm really locked into the budget, sometimes I'm like, Hey, that's good. I mean, I'm I like this stuff, but we're not really spending money on this right now. 
And what what she'll say is, well, you do that, which is 100% true. And I try to explain to her, well, Annalise, you don't understand because, you know, when I'm buying stuff that's not on the list when I'm grocery shopping, um, I have a very stringent review process, you know, and I say this seriously, but it's a joke. So, you know, I say, I hold it up at the grocery store. I look at it and I ask, do I really want this? And if the answer is yes, it's past the stringent review process and I buy it. And she obviously finds herself confused and going, okay, wait a second. When I do that, you see me when I get home and you're like, wait, what the heck are you doing? But when you do it, it's no big deal. Okay, so I don't know if anyone else has had that or a similar conversation. Um, And I don't know, like I said, I was going to start with that little story and I don't know if it ties in as great to what I'm reading next as it does in my head. But I want to read a passage from Hebrews chapter 4. And these couple verses that I'm going to be reading are talking about um, objective truth in a lot of ways, talking about what we measure ourselves up against. And I think it, you know, the reason that I think this grocery shopping and going off script and buying things that aren't part of the budget plan, the reason I think this ties in is because it's really easy for us to say, okay, we want our financial life to all be governed by the idea of this budget. But then something comes up and we kind of justify why the budget was wrong in the first place or why the budget isn't that big of a deal anyway. And I think we find ourselves in a non-trivial way like this budget grocery shopping thing we find ourselves doing the same thing with God's standard with um, what he's called us to live our lives all about because when we really want to do something that we know he wouldn't want us to do or when we really don't want to do something that we know he would want us to do, we kind of go, okay, like sort of how I treat the budget. Like that's a helpful guideline, but when it butts up against what I want to do in the moment, then I end up deciding I'm going to do what I want to do. And I want to read from Hebrews 4. So last episode was in the book of Hebrews as well. And so you might remember that, um, you know, we don't know the author. They've not pinned down who that is. And so when I'm reading, I'm just going to say the author of Hebrews, but this is uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, 
joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, as that passage, those two verses are sinking in, I'm guessing that even from a non-spiritual perspective, you've heard people, maybe they were talking about it in a serious way, maybe they were joking about it, I don't know. But you've heard people who are distancing themselves and saying, I don't want anything to do with God or with Christianity or with faith, but you probably have heard those people still, you know, not all of them, but sometimes every now and again, talk about how the Bible and about how the expectations of God and his word kind of stand above us and judge or correct us. How we know that his standard is right, whether we want it to be or not. Um, and philosophers, you know, over the years have tried to figure out what's truth and what's right and what's wrong. And often a lot of the ideas that they come up with that they, you know, won't say this idea unless they can come up with all these Uh, foundational pieces that build up to make sense of this, you know, they end up coming up with a lot of the things that we go, yeah, I know. I, I read that in the Bible. I learned that in Sunday school when I was growing up. Because, like the author of Hebrews says, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. And if we're using God's word as our standard, if we want to use it not like I, um, not like I use the idea of a budget where I stick with it when I agree, and then freelance when I don't agree. If we take God's word seriously, and if we say I'm trying to live my life in alignment with who he is, with what he says, and what he wants. And if we read through his word and we're genuinely open, the words will will cut us up to keep the analogy or metaphor going from this passage. If we listen and we're genuinely open in a good way, Eventually, God will get a hold of us and challenge some things in our lives and really confront us with our need to change. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, uh, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But that process along the way is a painful process because if we say okay god i do agree 
I do agree that your standard is right, then it's going to mean we have to acknowledge a whole lot of things that we've done living according to our own standards or when what we want to do or don't want to do bumps up against God's standard and we kind of just wave it off and justify doing what we wanted to do. Um, we're going to see those points where if God's standard is here, where we miss the mark, where we fell short, where we, um, where we sinned. And if you struggle with that idea, uh, there's an episode, I don't know, I think it's somewhere in the 40s, 50s, maybe, called What is Sin? Where I talked about the understanding that I think Paul is using to describe this idea of sin. Um, when he says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, all fall short of God's standard. What we see in Scripture over and over again is, and we see this, you know, where this really jumps out for me especially is in Jesus' teaching where he's talking so often about what's going on internally, what's going on in our hearts, where, you know, we can learn how to do the exact right actions. We can learn how to, you know, in some ways jump through the hoops, right? But what God does in his word is cuts deeper than that and invites us to let him actually in where he can do some work, where he can make some changes, where he can bring some life and healing and restoration to broken places. But before that can happen, uh, we have to admit that those places are broken. We have to ask for his help. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in the studio and I'm going, I could talk about this a little bit longer, you know, or a lot longer, <laughs> but I think you get it. And instead of sitting and listening to me talk about this idea for another 10, 15 minutes, who knows? Um, instead, what I want to encourage you to do is spend some time with you and God. Spend some time. Now, I'm guessing that for some of us, we already know where God's word that's living and active has been cutting at us, right? Where we know, yeah, I've been doing my own thing and kind of writing off God's way and saying, I'm going to do it this way instead because it makes more sense to me. And we know that we're holding on to some brokenness. We know that we're not letting go of that sin because we enjoy it. And if you've got something that obvious where you already know, yeah, this is something that I know I'm out of alignment with God's word. I want to encourage you to spend some time with him, turning that over, surrendering, asking him 
to, you know, in a lot of ways, rewire your brain and help you understand, hey, I want to be in alignment with who God is and what he wants and to surrender to him. And as I've been talking through this, maybe you don't have something that's jumping out where you go, yeah, I, I already know where I'm out of alignment. Um, I would encourage you and challenge you to spend some time with God and just ask him, God, is, is there somewhere that I've been justifying? Is there somewhere that I've been allowing myself to live out of alignment and think it's not that big of a deal? God, but where you want to be at work and you want to say, hey, you know that this doesn't meet my standard, my expectation, my calling on your life. And I want to invite you and me to spend some time right now, this afternoon, whenever it is, just you and God. and Say, God, is there somewhere where I'm not letting your word do its work in my life? Am I holding on to my thing because I don't want to come clean? Because I don't want to surrender? Because I don't want to uh, let your word pierce me? I don't want to be uncovered, vulnerable before you. And where I'm doing that, where you're doing that, I want to encourage us in this time with him to turn that over, to say yes, to stop holding on to control, thinking, you know, if I just keep all these plates spinning, if I keep all these balls in the air, then I'll be okay. I know I'm not living quite right, but I'll be okay. Let's actually let God's word pierce and cut and get in us and where there are things that aren't in line with him, let's turn them over to him.